This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, September 2nd, 2012. Traps, the coconut monkey trap. And so this morning and for the next three weeks, our focus will be on traps. You know, traps, those things that catch people or animals, either figuratively or literally. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunities we have before us to be about your business. We thank you for waking us up this morning and providing um, shelter and food and all the blessings that we don't even recognize so often. God, thank you for each person here. It's no accident that they're here. It's, it's your plan. And so we give this time to you, Lord. Help us set aside anything that happens at noontime and just really focus on you. We pray this in your name and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. So traps. You know, most of us at some time or another find ourselves in a trap, one kind of a trap or another. We, by their very nature, they're usually very difficult to get out of because they're designed to keep us uh, from escaping, to keep us from getting away, to keep us from finding our freedom. Um, Generally speaking, I think, uh, at least for me, when I hear trap, I think of it's negative. It's a negative connotation, um, you know, because uh, there's something, things we want to avoid. There are things we don't want to get caught in. Now, I guess there's the exception to the negative connotation. Like Carrie's been around the house singing to me, I'm trapped in your love constantly. So I guess that's... I've heard that three times now this morning. It's true, honey. I am. I am. Okay. On the other hand, it probably is kind of a negative because, you know, she's just like powerless. And when you're powerless, you know, when you're powerless, that's a negative thing, you know? Right, Karen? Powerless. There you go. It's a word that we use, though, when we're talking about traps. Because a well-designed trap is made so that it will render powerlessness over that that gets caught in the trap. You know, an animal, a person, you know, is powerless. Whether it's a physical trap, whether it's an emotional trap, a psychological trap. Traps utilize the element of surprise, delusion, and even camouflage. We don't really know they're there because oftentimes they are disguised to catch the victim, to catch the person, the animal, unaware. We usually avoid traps when we recognize them, but not always. Sometimes we still fall victim, even when we've been warned, even when we know that the trap is there, when we have knowledge of that, we still fall into the trap. You know, when we look through the Bible, there are several places where it refers to traps, um, some of these are kind of what I would call like a heads up to, to make us aware of, uh, of some of the things we might want to consider in our day-to-day lives and things we would want to avoid. For example, in the book of Proverbs, in chapter 12, verse 13, we read this. We see, evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk, 
and so the innocent escape trouble. Well, that's kind of a, a good thing to know and to maybe to live by. And then in the book of Psalms, though, kind of a flip on it, we have David who is seeking God's help uh, to avoid a trap that he knows has been set for him. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, David says, for you, God, are my refuge. In Paul's letter to Timothy, Paul wrote a significant portion of the second half of the Bible, and he wrote a letter to a guy named Timothy who was really like his apprentice. And we find reference to a trap that virtually is a, is a, it's a universal challenge. Catch this. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. Now, we've heard that, haven't we? But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For some some people, eager for money, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Those, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. When I hear this, it makes me think of a trap that I read about a few years ago when I was, I was reading this book, kind of a weird title, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Anybody here read that book? It's a really interesting book. Anyway, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. The author, Robert Persig, though, in the book talks about a coconut monkey trap. A coconut monkey trap. In some areas of the world, they still capture monkeys, not to send to the zoo, but for dinner. And, and that make, that's appetizing with lunch coming up soon here. Anyway, and the way they capture the monkeys is really interesting. They take a coconut and they hollow it out and they attach it to a tree with a chain, let's say. And, and they're hollowed out just big enough for the monkey to get his hand in, but they filled it with rice. So the monkey comes up, I guess can smell the rice, reaches his hand, I'm going to just say he, that's for he and she, but generically he today. He, the monkey, puts his hand into the, into the, and then grabs a handful of rice. You get the picture? And when he grabs the rice, now the opening isn't big enough for him to get his hand out. And so now he's got a dilemma. He can either stay grabbing the rice and trapped or somehow let go of the rice and get his hand back, thus the coconut monkey trap. So you can actually Google that, and you'll come up with actually little videos of this. Don't do it right now, because we have some important stuff to share. But here it is. On one hand, the thing that traps the monkey is his greed. He is unwilling to let go of the rice, and as a result gets trapped. And even though that entrapment will cost him his life, it doesn't matter. He is willing to let his life go in order to hold on to the rice. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, maybe it's not just greed. Um, 
Perhaps it's an inability on the part of the monkey to adjust his priorities. You know, if he's hungry, maybe that hunger thing is so strong that that's all he can think about, and all he can think about is that rice, not think about letting go of it because he knows he's going to be trapped and be somebody else's dinner. And so that that inability to reprioritize uh, causes him to be in a position to be trapped and therefore helpless. So if the monkey could just sit back and and think through this and realize that he's in a trap, he wouldn't stay there. See, that's the difference between animals, monkeys, and and human beings. God has given us um, the ability to reason, the ability to think. You know, animals, there are some very smart animals, but they don't reason and think. With any reason, the monkeys would say no and, and let go of the rice. In fact, if the monkey really thought through it, the monkey could have both. You see, the monkey could take the coconut out of the tree um, and turn it upside down and shake the rice out and then eat the rice. See, anyway... Instead, that need to have it traps the monkey. Mm. Without that, that, there's no value to the trap at all. Yeah, if you could think, those traps are useless. And we kind of shake our heads, too bad that monkey doesn't get it. It's kind of funny when we're shaking our heads, because Carrie claims that we have reason, and yet in our lives... Many of us, I would say virtually all of us at one time or another, has gotten ourselves caught in a coconut monkey trap, so to speak. Now, it's not a coconut, and it's not got rice in it, but it's the same kind of trap, just the same, because, again, I'd say, I'm not going to speak for everybody, I'd say probably most, if not all, at one time or another been caught in a trap because we were unable to let go of what we've grabbed onto. Amen? We've been unable to reprioritize. We've been unable to see that if we don't make a change, if we don't let go of the rice, so to speak, there's going to be trouble ahead, even though we're reasonable beings. <laughs> So when we take a look at that scripture that we read a few minutes ago that Paul shared with Timothy, it really does come into play. Greed is one example of a coconut monkey trap. Always desiring more. You know, what we have isn't enough. Not being content. You know, reaching deeper and deeper into the coconut. Once, you know, we want more... You know, we've had to buy appliances recently, and this last one, you know, the the stove went out, and so we got a new stove, but I didn't just get a stove. I got a stove. It's got two ovens. It's got five burners. It's convection. Golly days. You know, I guess we can't take it back now. We're taking it. It's going back Tuesday. But um, (laughs) I, I really... I didn't have the spirit of contentment with a regular old stove when we went, and, and it just sort of captured me, and I was trapped, Alan. So thank you so much. And I do most of, I do most of the cooking. That's what's funny. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back Tuesday. We'll get the old one back. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. 
You know, another trap, um, I think of this one as kind of the fraternal twin. It's hard to say fraternal twin of, of, of greed, and that's envy. Envy. You know, when we start wishing that we were somebody we aren't or wishing we had something that we don't, discontentment and resentment entrap us just as much as that monkey trap entraps the monkey. It takes away our freedom, and it renders us virtually helpless if we're not careful. And, and I, again, I, I, think, I think each of us, at one time or another, ha- has been victim to envy. You don't have to raise your hands, but I know inside you're going, yeah, I'm with you. Now they want our stove. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll see me afterwards. Um, you know, if we allow envy to consume us, not only are we imprisoned, but we've also allowed that joy that we get from what we do have and from who we are to be, we've allowed that no longer to be joy in our lives. Uh, and so then that joy that we talk about, that joy that Jesus brings, that, that joy that passes all understanding is not to be. Because we're grabbing onto that envy and we won't let go. Loss of joy comes any time we stick our hand in that trap, grab the rice, and refuse to let go of whatever it is we're holding on to oh so tightly. And it doesn't just happen with greed or with envy, there's also pride. You know, thinking that. We can do it ourselves, you know, not allowing others into our world, you know, pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. That's pride. Or how about thinking that we're maybe better than others, you know, a a one-up on somebody. That's a lack of humility. It's important to be humble. When we reach into that coconut and grab onto a handful of pride, we're trapped. We are absolutely trapped. It's important to remember that pride and sin have the same letter in the middle of both of those words. And what is that letter? I. Absolutely. Because when I, you know, think I am, you know, all that, or that I don't need somebody else, um, that is absolutely prideful. And it's got to grieve God when we have that kind of attitude. And there's more. In the second half of the Bible, in part called the New Testament, we find a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. Now, Paul had started that church years before, and this was kind of a follow-up letter, an accountability letter, a letter of encouragement and caution. Paul had heard of some of the things that were going on, not necessarily good things, in the church, and so Paul was addressing them in this letter. And what he addresses, I would say, there were some universals that we can all learn from, and, um, and um, all of them can become a coconut monkey trap if we let them. Here's what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, 4th chapter, verse 31. He says, he writes, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. 
Why don't we say that together? Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. You know, when we let any of those things take a hold of us, we become trapped just as much as the monkey becomes trapped. Have you ever known someone who is bitter, who just is really... um, holding on to something and it just festers and, and, you know, it just starts taking over when, when we get bitter, it just starts eating away. And the whole time, you know, holding on to that bitterness tighter and tighter and tighter, the more we hold on to that, the joy is just sucked out of our lives. That's what happens because we can't have a bitterness or a hard heart and have joy. They're not in the same place. And so bitterness becomes this trap. Traps that rob people of the joy that a life of Christ brings. And the same thing is true with anger. It entraps us and steals our joy thing about anger is, they say it's a secondary emotion, which means um, something triggers it. And so when you say, you make me so angry, it's not true. Actually, what happened is you, you embarrassed me, or you shamed me, or you uh, caused fear in me, and as a result, I then chose to respond in anger. It's secondary. It's not a primary thing there. Um, but the thing is, when we let anger control us, we're in no better position than that monkey who has his hand in the coconut grabbing the rice. Because we're just as entrapped. And the tighter we cling to that anger rice, the more imprisoned we become. So the next verse really is valuable when it comes to the traps that we're talking about today. Here's what Paul writes. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's say that again together. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Yeah, let's be real here. Forgiveness is not easy. Can I get an amen on that? I mean real forgiveness. I don't mean, oh gosh, I took the last roll, can you forgive? I mean real forgiveness where something caused some real pain or some real hurt and there's a real need for forgiveness. It's not easy, especially when that person is close to us, especially when it's somebody we love. But an inability to forgive A refusal to forgive is probably the greatest coconut monkey trap that we have. When we don't forgive, the person who is trapped is us. When I can't forgive, I'm the one that's caught in the trap. You know, we say, I'll never forgive you. We think we're hurting them. We think we're holding them hostage. I'll never forgive you. The only person that we've entrapped by doing that is this person right here. You know, we, we have our hand in the coconut and we're squeezing that rice and we're refusing to let go and the harder we squeeze, 
the more trapped we are. We're trapped in bitterness. We're trapped in the anger. We're trapped in the malice. We're, we're trapped in whatever it is that that person did and we allow to keep control of us through. Forgiveness. It's really important to remember that when we forgive, it isn't saying that what the other person did was okay. Forgiveness isn't that. Forgiveness is saying, I refuse to allow that person or that situation to control me anymore. I refuse to allow my heart to be, you know, tied up in knots or my stomach to be tied up in knots over that. It doesn't even mean that you have to reconcile with the person or whatever. It just means that you're, you become free. You have forgiven. It's like pulling our hand out of the coconut. Forgiveness brings freedom. When my parents divorced after 30 years of marriage, it was very painful. And I lived with a spirit of probably anger and bitterness and not malice, although some days I thought so. Um, It was hard. Eight years I had, like, real issues. And one day... I realized that I needed to forgive. And when I did, oh my gosh, it was so freeing. I became free and actually I was able to have wonderful relationships that I hadn't been able to have when I had that unforgiving spirit. Now for me it was reconciliation because there hadn't been harm. When there's harm in a different way, you don't have to go there. Just don't let that situation control you anymore. Forgiveness is not painless. Just ask Jesus. Jesus took the pain, went the distance, cost, gave his life so that we can be forgiven and free. So the question for us this morning is, where is your coconut monkey trap? Or where are your coconut monkey traps? What are you clinging to so tightly that it's costing you your freedom, costing you your joy, costing you your life? What do you need to loosen your grip on to allow the joy of the Lord to enter or to re-enter your soul? Greed, envy, pride... Bitterness, anger. Is there someone that you need to forgive? You know, thanks to Jesus, we are able to loosen our grip because of the price he paid, because he gave his life for you and me. We're able to release our hold on whatever it is we're clinging to in that coconut. You know, we might think, I I can, I can't. Yes, you can. No, I never, yes, you can. Thanks to Jesus, you can let go. He's got the strength to allow you to loosen your grip. We're about to share in Holy Communion this morning. Great opportunity of remembrance. We remember Jesus, who he was, what he did for us. And it's also a good time for self-examination. To look at who you are, what you've done, what you need to do.
good time to consider where you uh, got your hand in the coconut and the rice you're clinging on to there. Great opportunity to seek the help of Jesus to free you from the coconut, to give you the strength. Encourage you to give some thought to your coconut monkey trap. Maybe ask Jesus what is it is you're clinging to. And then seek his help to let go. On the other hand, if, if you don't even know who this guy Jesus is, maybe this is a great opportunity to find him and to invite him to help you with these things. You can pray at your seat. You during the communion, pray at steps. You can pray back in the corner with Mike back there. Take some time to really give some thought to what it is that, that you're trapped in and seek Jesus to help you let it go. You know, when Jesus shared that last meal with his disciples, it was the, the Passover meal. But he wanted to give them something to remember him, something physical to remember him by because he was no longer going to physically be with them. And so he took elements of that meal. Very real things to remember, to remind them that he would be with them always. So he took the bread, gave thanks to God the Father, and he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, This is my body given for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine, wine, in our case, juice, gave thanks to God the Father, gave it to his disciples and said, this is the new covenant, the new promise, the new agreement in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so we come to this table, all are invited, all who love Jesus, all who would like to love Jesus, all who know Jesus love them, all who want to be in relationship, all who are in relationship, all invited. Before we come to the table, though, we offer a prayer, a prayer of um, confession, a prayer where we just kind of say to God, the, the junk that's in our lives coming between us and him. What, what are the obstacles to us really fully receiving God's grace in our life? What's the sin that's keeping us from allowing God to fully be with us? Talk to, we're going to talk to God about that uh, in prayer. You're not going to surprise God. He's already aware of whatever it is you've done. You might surprise yourself, <laughs> but that's okay. The purpose of this is for you to talk to God. I'll open the prayer and then you can pick it up from there. Let's pray. Our most holy God, what a glorious day. And it's absolutely incredible that you call us while we're yet sinners to share in this uh, feast of bread and juice, the body and blood of Christ. Before we come to this table, though, we uh, need to talk to you about the things that are getting in our way, the things that are coming between us, the obstacles that are to us receiving your full grace in our lives. I want to talk to you. We want to talk to you about the sin and, and the things and the junk. Please hear our prayer, Lord. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. 
For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.